Okay, so fuck yes, welcome to the Hype with me, your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. I'm here. Chewy Darso. Hello. Ryan James. Fuck yeah. And special guest today is Samantha Garrison. Hi, Sam. Hi. Uh, we'll do a quick plug section. Sam, do you have anything new and interesting going on in your life you'd like to plug on our show? Not at the moment, Do you no. still have a Fear the Chick Flick going on? I'm super boring right now, but the Fear the Chick Flick column is still around if people want to check out old columns. Those, those articles work. don't go anywhere. Yeah. All right, let's move on to where have you been doing. <laughs> Sam, where have you been doing? I have been, for the first time ever, watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia all Ooh. the way through. I've seen episodes, mm-hmm. but I've never watched the whole series, and I'm on season six right now. And it I is a delight. I don't remember what happened it's, in season six. It's still before Fat Mac, which I'm really looking oh, forward yeah. to. Oh, I love Fat Mac. <laughs> He's just building mass. Yeah. <laughs> He's just culminating mass. Oh, don't ruin it. She's <laughs> <laughs> not there yet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. My favorite one is the one where the waitress is getting married and Charlie has to make a dating profile. <laughs> That's so fucking good. <laughs> like, is think, that the... Uh, I think Little Green Ghouls might is, be the best lie. Like... <laughs> Is that the philanthropist episode? Yes, the yes. full-on rapist. Yes. Oh, God. I'm a full-on rapist. Woman. Excuse me? So you, you finished that episode? Yes, when he, when he just oh. walks away and you see the H on the box. Yeah. I've never seen anything more satisfying yeah. and rewarding. Like, <laughs> It's so rare that someone is worse than the gang. And it yeah. was just so great to see Charlie be the one delivering his comeuppance. Hold on, Chewie's pointing at my crotch. <laughs> yeah, your barn doors have been open. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but it's like facing right at you. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I saw that's why I've been like, yes, Brian, this is what I've been up to. I like how Sam's is just like, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just like. <laughs> I have a question. I know we're like in the middle of recording, but this week was Kiss a Ginger Day, and you have a red beard, and you are a ginger. Did that pan out for you guys? Just with each other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had a really charged moment. <laughs> and it was mainly the static from the facial hair. Yeah. Cool. I just wanted to check on that. Yeah. Like, like freaking sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. I was not invited. I was a little annoyed. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> mm. I know how much you love that phrase. I hate that. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Where have you been doing? Uh, you want to hear about Westworld or Black Mirror? Ooh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Uh, I'm only about halfway through, uh, so I've watched all of season one and some of season two. And they're really short seasons. They're like three or four episodes each. At least season one was. But um, so far, so good. It's not like my favorite show of all time. Uh, I would say watch Westworld first if you're going to catch up on something. But Black Mirror's on Netflix, so it's wow. cool. You just kicked uh, Black Mirror way down the road for me if it's between that and Westworld because I did not like Westworld. Oh, really? Yeah. I loved Westworld. Uh, but I it's more of my like sci-fi campy style okay. black mirror is very british uh in that, that it's kind of slow moving each episode is standalone so kind of one of the highlights is that you can skip episodes that don't seem interesting to you, you can, oh that's kind of cool you can jump through that season works. two i just watched one with um domino gleason and Haley atwell which is one of my favorite episodes so far really good they just all the episodes seem a little long and drawn out and only some of them have like twists at the end that make me really go wow i need to think about the world differently but um they definitely all have some reachable sci-fi like they're all about a world that exists maybe within 50 to 100 years from now like ocular memory implants that you can just recall anything you've done in the last day or um that episode fucked with me in a bad way yeah that was a horror i mean it was a wonderful episode but that was like an emotional mind fuck. i really need to watch this show yeah, it's uh, definitely an emotional mindfuck. Because when I, uh, you tell me that, I'm like, wait, no, that would help me at my job so much when they ask me, did you put the cap on the thing? And I'm right. like, huh? It's, I don't know. Let me show you. It's more about... Throw it up on the screen. Yeah. yeah. It's They take it in such a horrible, like, but would it help you in a fight with Brian? Right. You know. <laughs> Weird. Would it help or know. hurt you or both of you? It, it Yeah, it's a world where people, like, rely on seeing other people's memories to like prove their point so it's really ah. weird like that and all the episodes accountability are, to the point of yeah. extremeness or yeah. whatever huh and then it deals with people like pulling up you know sexy times they had in in their previous relationships or something so it's like makes you think like what would actually what would people really do that would bring up uh, way too much in revenge porn yep interesting and kind of weird. True. What about you? That's, Where are you been that doing? Sums up the show in a nutshell. Interesting. Kind of weird. I like that. Yeah. Where have I been doing? Uh, not much. 
<laughs> Did my, you work? So f- <laughs> I've been working. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, vow to uh, do lots of new things uh, with the new year is not in full steam ahead yet. Um, so in between work and napping, um, I've watched a lot of Seinfeld. And, you know, I still love that show. It's a good show. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I feel like I'm a little too much like George Costanza. <laughs> That's what you. That's what people like about the show. Everyone's George. Yeah, yeah. You can really. You, everyone feels like can, George. Yeah. You can feel so many parts of yourself in each of those characters, honestly. Because sometimes yeah. I'll feel like George, and other times I'll be like, "No, I'm really on Kramer's side right now." I don't yeah. know how often I feel like Kramer, or I, want to feel like Kramer. I'd love to be like Kramer. Kramer is just far and away the nicest person. In the I entire do show. have a friend mm. of me, and I just show up at his house sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hi, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and then those times that Elaine just she wants to do the right thing, but then the right things is not in her best interest. I'm like, eh, I can feel that sometimes uh, too. Juji fruit. Yeah, <laughs> she just wanted the juji fruit. <laughs> I mean, Who honestly, wants fruit? she was there. There's a good chance I would have gotten candy too. <laughs> uh, so if I'm ever in the hospital and you show up with candy, I'll know what happened. Oh, I would be smarter and I would finish the candy before I got there. <laughs> You just hide your horribleness. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, John, what about you? Where have you been doing? Well, uh, I saw the first two episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yay! Yay! And oh my God, I love it. It's so good. It's I love it. Love, love, love it. I am way too obsessed with that fucking I, thing. I love watching I've watched the every show episode three so times. much steam in its second season. Second season's so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Although it, it, it does upset me greatly. But I won't get into that because I don't ruin things for John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hurry up, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I can well, bitch about it. <laughs> we usually make weekends the watching show time. So we'll get to we'll get to a few more episodes. This Today's weekend. A, this weekend's a long weekend. You can probably finish season one if you're dedicated. There you go. Yeah. I still have yeah. to work. We get through about two episodes and then we're like falling asleep. We're we're old. You old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, love it. It's hilarious. Uh, my favorite moment so far out of the two episodes is the um, the yoga one, the yoga song. Yoga song's good. And then the at the club where she's try, like, talking about wearing her skin. That's good. Yeah, Those two, <laughs> I was laughing out loud. So have you seen the Sexy Getting Ready song yet? Yes. That's fucking phenomenal. I love... <laughs> heavy Boobs I love the is call- my season one fave. Uh, heavy Boobs is... Fin- that's what got a lot of people to watch the that's, show. I always that was the one that thing that was, that was shared to, to me so it. many times. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I looked it up and that's how I started watching it. God, whenever like, I um, see um, women use their boobs to break things, huh? I'm always just like, good God, why? <laughs> I'm always like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to throw my boob up and smash it into a block of wood. Never. <laughs> you wouldn't? No. <laughs> it, it could be your very own Swiss Army man. No. Yeah. Swiss Army boob. <laughs> you don't no. want that? No. That's awesome. No. You don't want to break things with it your body? It makes me wonder whether or not women with the really big boobs lose sensitivity. <laughs> Actually, it's true. Um, <laughs> because there, there's Why'd the same you point number. Why to Brian? <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> Brian's crotch is exposed again. <laughs> no, but um, everyone has the same number of nerve endings. That doesn't change. So bigger boobs spread out their nerve ending, those nerve endings, and are in fact less sensitive than huh. little boobs. Boob facts. Welcome <laughs> to boob facts. It hurts more to tip God, punch that me than it kill. does to tip punch. <laughs> you feel down about yourself Man. one day, so you had to do some At research. At this point, we do know that Sam is the most sensitive person at the table. Yeah. Oh. So, I love you, Sam. Emotionally? Like, where are you going with this? Hey, this is good for you. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say about it? No, no, it's, it's hilarious. It seem like all these guys have boobs then. And it created my favorite conversation Everyone has today. a little bit of boob. I- I'm just trying to move right past the boob talk. <laughs> Although it does make me want to start a podcast called Boob Facts. It would be the tits. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. Welcome to Boob Facts. Our podcast oh is tits. <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the episode, your tits up. Oh I've been my wanting, God. I've right. been wanting Stop the recording. <laughs> we have a new podcast to start right now. Yes. Uh, ATH is canceled for the season in favor of uh, tits up. <laughs> Followed by dudes love dicks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Full on in the middle of the hype. Yeah. Tits and dicks. <laughs> Still hyped. <laughs> Still hyping. I, hyping I, all over the place. Yeah, dick, dick, be, sploosh. These shows would do well. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they really, really would. We have a whole network. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so for mine, I'll go uh, really quick. I, um, <laughs> I'm i looking because I'm trying to get my facts right before I, I talk incorrectly about it. Uh, <laughs> what I, show are you on? I, I've been watching um, the Big Fat Quiz of Everything, which is a British game show uh, hosted by Jimmy Carr. 
and it is uh, spun off of the show Big Fat Quiz of the Year, which I did not know, which used to start in like 2000s, early 2000s. I actually thought it was earlier than that. I was wrong. Um, and they basically just take a big quiz show. They get like popular comedians on. And they just do on. And it's like two hours long. And then uh, in 2016, they started turning into like a more like, I think, monthly thing, the way they do it a little bit more often. Um, and if you, the full episodes are all on YouTube. If you get a chance to watch it, there's like a lot of comedians you would probably know. Like Chelsea Peretti's on a bunch of them. They usually have uh, Noel Fielding or Richard Iotti. Uh, lots of people, and it is fucking hysterical. <laughs> like, great. I'm really distracted by Chewy dying. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've seen me have allergies before. <laughs> We've also seen then. you die too. Not it's distract me then. <laughs> it's rough now every she's time. Picking it's... her nose at Ryan. No, that's what just happened. <laughs> Don't make me unzip my pants again. <laughs> <laughs> no boundaries, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the third show in our. I have to have boundaries so much at work that I just do not want to hold it but in. When anymore. you're on a podcast, you're like, ah, dicks and picking my nose at you. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. <laughs> like, I'm not in the universal lot anymore. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, okay, let's get started on today's movie. Ray. Uh, so today's guy. movie um, is much closer to what Ryan just said. It's Hell or High Water. Uh, it's a movie that did fairly well. Came out in August. Cost $12 million, made $27. Uh, from what I can see on Box Office Mojo, there's no international release, but there might have been, and it's just not reported on here. That happens from some time to time. Um, Metacritic got s- fucking phenomenal reviews, ended with an 88, uh, which was a mixture of like 44 positive reviews, one mixed and zero negative. So all in all, people were a big fan of this movie. The article I was reading on irishtimes.com said it was the, ended up being the best grossing indie of the year. Oh, okay. That, I could, I can believe that. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. The Irish Times? Yeah. Because no, I, I think the director is Irish. Is he? I didn't know. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, well, I see why people only make huge blockbusters now. Thinking about this, you know, this is a great movie and it made fifteen million. Compare that to any superhero movie that's making hundreds of millions. Uh, yeah, I, I see why studios are just like, yeah, we want big franchises. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but but it's, it's like nice, in another way though, it like doubled its budget. Yeah, they still made millions of dollars in profit. Oh, right. he's this, Scottish. So. Sorry. Scottish. Scottish. Oh, somebody's offended. <laughs> we have He's a co-founder of the Glasgow-based production company Oof. Sigma Films. Yeah. Someone's really offended. <laughs> I feel sorry, like people are offended Irish. just now. I was just <laughs> reading the irishtimes.com. I'm sorry. I was being profiley. I'll take dicks. Just don't confuse me with the wrong country. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, the movie... <laughs> I was starting to think of something to say, and then I thought of something very mean, and I didn't want to go down I that I started road. thinking about the comic we saw last night again. I was just thinking about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. For some reason, that felt a little meatwad to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> wow. Anyhow, back to Hell or High Water. What movie? Uh, hell or High Water. Speaking of racism, let's Hell or High Water. water. <laughs> oh, no one steal my favorite quotes. They're all the racist ones. <laughs> He's self-conscious racist. Are you doing a Texas accent the whole episode? I could try. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually his best friend, so it's okay. Ryan would be so disappointed if you lose the Texas accent. He's definitely his best friend. I know this is how most of your friendships work because you have no boundaries. (laughs) No, we'll talk about the dynamic and the thing. It's definitely a one-sided friendship. We'll get there. It's something that definitely merits talking about. But first... We have to do a little something we like to call a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> That's the most fun. Oh, <laughs> Texas Ryan is my favorite Ryan. <laughs> Sam, you ready? Yes. Go, 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 go. All right. So two brothers need to rob a lot of banks. They're specifically focusing on Texas Midland because they owe a lot of money on their mom's property. They manage it, but one brother has to sacrifice himself to make sure that the other brother gets away with it. And they do. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> wow you have so much time left oh also jeff bridges is hunting them down he's unintelligible uh, <laughs> and racist uh, I'm, I'm gonna count that as a success i mean you still had like 10 seconds left i, I accidentally hit pause halfway well, through because you're so done <laughs> Uh, yeah, so as is custom since you succeeded you get to you get a one free insult shot to throw my way if you are so inclined hmm Right into the microphone. <laughs> You're married to that. 
That's a good one. <laughs> She's a keeper. <laughs> oh, now I have to keep that in. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's uh, let's get started on the movie then. That was the insult. (laughs) (laughs) It was the point, and you're married to that. (laughs) He's married to a hiccup. (laughs) I do do it a lot. (laughs) You do. You do it in your sleep. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Really? Really? (laughs) (laughs) During my snores or in between? Oh, yeah. You are a very audible sleeper. I'm sorry. Okay, so I want to start with Jeff Bridges. I know I was going to start later, but you keep saying it. Did he swallow a bag of marbles before the movie? Like, he well, swallowed that bag of marbles in the around Crazy Heart. Yeah, and then he yeah. kept going with it for True Grit. And I think you forgot how words work. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> he accepts an award for this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just like he throws like two of those like you know like, the shooter marbles. Just throw two of those in his mouth and yep. just start talking. And it's then- really the sound of somebody who is chewed way too much in their life like they just yeah. tobacco and oh, I just whether, eating. no like chewing tobacco <laughs> chewing and whether muscles. or not they yeah. even have if whether or not chewing tobacco is even in their mouth anymore that's just how they talk yeah i mean and the thing is i i don't think i've seen him in an interview outside of movies in a very long time so I, is that just his normal speaking voice no now? i don't Did think the, so like, i mean I is, I he, is he okay <laughs> so he has a check website where he does like video blogs and really stuff. yeah uh, you could check it I'm is not. this what he sounds like no i don't know i don't like sit and watch jeff bridges <laughs> videos what high praise that he's such a good actor we're concerned for his health yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's a, a, the the long and the short of it is though he's fantastic in this yeah, movie absolutely yeah. very good he is the one who's getting the most award buzz which i still think is a little bit misplaced uh yeah I mean, uh, he's a but, great and actor. I want to say Everyone little misplaced because he is he's fantastic in this movie he does have the most emotional range in the film like he, the other two, the the two stars we love but they're still like compared to him that yeah. it's more subdued like he watching him not cry he's laughing he's crying and then he's hitting himself going nope oh after he not kills Ben do- Foster yeah yeah it's so like that's a great moment there, but, there's a lot of those in the, like for me I it's uh it's the preceding that one it's when his friend gets shot oh yeah yeah it's just like it was such a just like a wake-up call of like he never thought he would ever outlive that guy no it's like this whole world crashing down like that moment just nails it like he's weighing over his head this isn't going how he thought right yeah he thought they were just gonna chase him down and shoot him and that'd be the end of it on second watch all their banter beforehand is just like oh yeah Yeah. it, it is it's Almost, I don't want to say heavy-handed because that's not the right way to say it, but it is very foreshadowing that one of them is definitely going to die, and they do a, a pretty good job trying to make you think it's going to be Jeff Bridges the right. whole time. Like it's very he much wants as, to die. Jeff Bridges' yeah, character wants he does not want to. Wanna, he does not want to retire. He'd rather be dead than retire. Yeah, I mean, and it's they hint to it that he might have been okay with retiring at one point, but his wife's dead too. Yeah, so it's like. Why? He has no reason to be retired at this point. Doesn't yeah, totally. He's got no life outside of his job. Yeah, they're probably pushing him out in some way, right? Yeah, they it, didn't really talk kinda, about it, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really hit on it, but it kind of feels clear, like that. It was pretty clear after the fact too when he yeah. came back in, and everyone looked really annoyed to see him. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of looked like, dude, you're done. Yeah, go home. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling that it's kind of like the it's kind of like the movie Seven, where it's like this is like the guy's like last week. Yeah. And that's, I think they even mentioned it. Like, his friend's like, you're trying to make this last as long as possible so that you don't have to go home. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, a, he's a really interesting character. And he didn't, like, the first time I went to go see it, I didn't think he was going to be such, like, a main character. Yeah. And, but when you think about it, he actually has the biggest arc out of everyone in the movie. Because mm-hmm. the two brothers, as great as they are, and I think both of them do, like, like career-topping performances in this movie, their arc is really minimal. Yeah. It's basically nothing they, they go set from up, they do what they set up they to achieve do. Yeah. their goal yeah we're going yeah. to do this and they I do think it the their performances are special because it's so hard to sell those lived-in familial relationships on screen yeah so it's hard to separate those performances and say like ben foster should be singled out when chris pine made him better and similarly, yeah, yeah like, absolutely he made chris yeah, pine yeah. better. they were such believable brothers it was mm-hmm. incredible no, and the thing they don't really look like brothers but my god they felt like it yeah like the casting you can tell they kind of went like eh, they're both white that's good enough yeah mm-hmm. and a little like scruff on them but yeah yeah but like the, they 
nailed that. But uh, before we jump down that whole thing, because that's kind of where I was going to go yeah. much later in the episode. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, I, is there anything else we want to say about Jeff Bridges before? Uh, we got to talk about both kind of him well, and his the partner. the whole, like, the, like, how Sam says he's a total racist. It's the total American modern racist that right. doesn't understand they're racist and thinks oh. they're just being good-hearted. Like, yeah, thinks with they're little just, jabs, it's no. okay, because I don't mean it in a bad way. It's the quite, like borderline inexcusable but you can't really help it like they don't know any better they think they're this just, just talent the around way it is and that's like he keeps saying he's teasing him and it's like dude you're saying you're going shit. to miss my teases when they're gone yeah mm-hmm. and i mean honestly he kind of would like he when he finally leaves his room he smiles a little bit like he's like oh that that chum type yeah. of smile now, you said that it was a one-way friendship so you don't think that uh i no, i didn't say it was a one-way i just think in like, on the level of intensity like hi- how he is his i uh, forget their names what's the other actor's name gil birmingham oh he's the dude from twilight <laughs> yeah that was the one Shit, in the you're right well, he's been, so the actor he's is gil. been no. in so many movies yeah, his character name is Alberto. and to see Jeff what was his Bert- name again gil gil uh, and to see him with Jeff Bridges makes sense because they're both incredibly seasoned, well-trained, older actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we get to see Jeff way more, but, and I hope to see Gilmore's because I really always see, I just said Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> you want to watch Gilmore Girls? See him more. <laughs> um, see more? He was definitely Marcus's uh, best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not he was Alberto's best friend, I don't think so. I think he was a friend. But definitely, but, like my my f- amusing white racist friend. I, I think Alberto felt to me like the. Uh, I don't mean to sound like a bad thing at all. He felt to me like the guy whose best friend is his, is his wife. Oh yeah. Like, he leaves work. You and he's like, are you gonna go pal around with your buddies? No, I'm gonna go home to my family. Right. And that's you what can I tell do every that day. he was a family man. Yeah. He was entirely. Like, and he which was makes that ending that much more heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. So terrible because like what you were saying last night, he's so ready for his life yeah. to continue and to build. And Jeff Bridges was just ready to be over. Yeah. And it's flipped and they don't get either. Neither of them get what they deserve. Yeah. And that's why like they lose. uh, I hope I'm not taking somebody's quote here, but like that's why that last line between Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine, which is arguably one of the strongest moments in the entire movie, uh, when he's like, uh, it'll haunt you. I know it's going to haunt me. It's like it's it's true. Like neither one of them will be happy with what went down Mm -hmm. for this entire event. But unless Chris Pine's character got what he wanted he lost his brother he but lo- he still won and his brother got what he wanted his brother got what he wanted i and chris pine got what he wanted for his kids but he he would never he will never be satisfied with his life again beyond just that he provided for his family because i think what he gave up was bigger than what he expected because he gave up his innocence essentially he was yeah. always a good guy and he he gave all that up mm-hmm. he made the sacrifice for his family which was great but I think I think Jeff Bridges is right. It'll haunt him the rest of his life. But he will never be whole again. I lo- He's no Walter White. No, <laughs> he didn't break bad. He did oh. a bad thing. Yeah, Blech. exactly. Walter White. But that's he's the anti-Walter White in yeah. a way because he is so. It is all for his family. There's no lying right. in this movie. Right. I know yeah. we're totally just moving into Chris Pine's character here. That's fine. But his <laughs> speech at the near the end where he's just like. My dad was poor. My grandparents are poor. I'm poor. It's a disease. And you yeah. can't, it affects everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And he's just, you can feel that inside of him so harsh that he just wanted to cure the disease. He wanted to make it so that his sons, whether or not he gets to be married to his, their mother, all he cares about is that they will not be infected by that. Mm-hmm. And he does it. What's so interesting is how selfish he is about the whole thing, though. Like, oh, yeah. He, um, he feels put upon because he left to take care of his mom mm-hmm. and she dies. He drags his brother back into a life of crime. As much as his brother enjoys it, like he could have gone straight. Mm-hmm. I don't. And they he could these, have. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. But to actively drag him back into something that would lead to his death is kind of shitty. And when he talks to his son's mother, she's like, what am I going to do with a ranch? That's more for me to handle. Mm-hmm. Like he left those kids for a year. He said it was for them, but she still has to deal with the day to day. And you just see like this disease has consumed him, mm-hmm. but he has no idea how he affects the people around him. And oh, that's yeah. why it, it was it, so interesting. That final confrontation mm-hmm. with Jeff Bridges, like you see one of them is a man and one of them still has to grow up. Mm-hmm. And now he's never going to be challenged in a way that he no. will. Well, he's, 
she says it's more for me to take care of, but he's obviously there as a man who really has no obligation to her beyond his sons, but he's fixing up the house. He planted new plants. He's doing all these yeah, things. And they're not really maintaining the ranch. They turn the ranch into an oil drill. So like, yeah. it's not like they're- It's just like, a house. Yeah. yeah. They're not ranching by any means. No, right? no, it's, no. Yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things where he definitely, it. I don't want to say it was manipulative, but it's definitely to keep him at the forefront of that family, whether or not she wants him yeah. there. See, I, I don't think that was to keep him at the forefront. I think he wanted to be a background character. He just wanted to be there to make sure that they had a good life and then he will just fade away. It, mm-hmm. It's the yeah. best illustration I, of what men in... I'm going to make a lot of assumptions here because I'm not a man in depressed Texas or depressed anywhere middle America. Yeah. I'm not. But one of the reasons that I love this movie so much, I, like, I loved it l- watching it the first time and watching it the second time post-election with Donald Trump. Ugh. I'm just like, this is how each one of these people who voted for Trump they see themselves as this, mm-hmm. as this altruist character that is trying to save their family in any way they can. But at its core is selfishness. It's, yeah, it well, is. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, but that's it, how they like, see themselves. Like, I know. They, everyone I know. in this movie would have voted for Trump. Absolutely. And West Texas is well, super weird. I don't think any of these people would have voted. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, that's the thing. But if they would have. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. But like, it's a... That's why it's, I, it's seeing yourself as the hero, whether or not you are. I feel like Alberto probably wouldn't have voted for Trump. Probably not. No. no. <laughs> um, but I still think it's like a, an interesting point that uh, like he is this kind of like selfish, very much just like me and my family and nobody else. Even his brother, who is his family, it's still just like no, no, no. It's all for my kids. But it, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like we should kind of talk Ben Foster as well, because it kind of feels like Ben Foster is totally fine with that. Like, okay, so we're doing this all for this, your family. This cool. is his He's character. Actually, the good guy. It's yeah. he's a horrible the, person, but the, the good guy. This is yeah. his one chance. This is his one chance to use all of his skills that have gotten him nothing but badness in his life yeah. to do something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To it, help his mom and like not his mom, but to help keep her ranch after she's died and he couldn't be there for her. And like, yep. it's it's definitely a redemption story for oh, him yeah. as much yeah. as it damns Chris Pine. Yeah, it's like there, there's so many fucking layers in this movie. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous, but which is. It's funny because when you break it down, it's just kind of a straight up Western. It is two cowboys robbing banks being chased by the law. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah, it didn't set out to be, but it ended up being that way. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of pretty cool. It's a very cool way to tell this story. Like it's a really good framing device and they 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 do it near flawlessly. Like Mm -hmm. it really works. But what we were saying about like Ben Foster, like I agree. Like I really like his whole it's a whole redemption thing for him. And it's funny as one of them's going up, the other one's going down. And it's it's and he understands more of what they're doing the whole time. He's oh, completely totally. dedicated to it. While Chris Pine is still trying to think of himself as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still trying. He's like, we're doing this, no bloodshed, no problems. And everyone will walk out fine. Like in the very beginning of the movie, Ben Foster clocks the dude in the nose. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And Ben Foster's like, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. If we want to like leave with the money, that's how it works. Yeah, you can't. You can't be a bad guy and not create collateral damage. It's yeah. like Chris Pine wants to minimize the consequences. He doesn't want to face the fact that what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. As much as we he's can able get behind to it, use 100%. his brother as a scapegoat. Like, he's oh, yeah. doing it, not yeah. me. His yeah. brother killed that guy. It wasn't me. And it's like, well. Well, and it's, it's interesting. You had your gun out, too, bro. Yeah, you were <laughs> shooting at him just as much. I and mean, you didn't put it right to his head, but. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because now it's making me think. Because in the beginning of the movie, I didn't really care for chris pine's character or his acting in it because I, I was just like what are you trying to do what is this thing but then with ben foster his his like impatience with his brother yeah that was that was me with him so like, <laughs> so, like it, it, it was effective in that regard that like what 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 you're doing chris pine's character is not working no it's never going to work if like, his get, if he didn't have his brother it. he would have failed yeah, oh, yeah. Like, there's no way around it can we talk about how funny it was when they opened on the bank robbery and they're wearing the masks and like Ben Foster looks like a normal dude, but then like Chris Pine's piercing blue. Eyes. I was oh, like, yeah. he's and then far she's too giving, attractive she's to giving the Robert. description and it's like, you'd remember those eyes, yeah. lady. Yeah. Well, like, he kind of looked like Captain Kirk <laughs> wearing a ski mask. Like, I always thought that they just up his eyes in Star Trek and no, now I'm like, no. are they really just that blue? I, I, I know only of one person who's met him and said, yes, his eyes just <laughs> see right in your soul. Because I had to ask her, I'm like, How? "Are his eyes really that blue?" And she's like, "Oh my god, yes." I, ha- I have a, I have a, I and have she drowned in them. <laughs> I had an old roommate who had similar 
piercing eyes. Hi, Andrew. Um, and <laughs> Hello, he, Andrew. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and when we met What's first, up, buddy? Yeah, when we met for the first time, I was like, oh, turn those down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone at Starbucks needs to see, and I need to see who I'm going to be living Mom with. Well, pants are getting too tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dick Dick's floosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were best friends forever. <laughs> at least on your side. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> But yeah, and I, I kind of agree. It's, it's one of those things, like we brought it up before in other movies, where it's like, all right, he was just a normal looking dude, or she was a normal looking girl. It's like, no, they look like a fucking movie star. Right. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Look What's at that guy. I've never found Chris Pine particularly attractive until this movie. I don't know if it's because he was like really skinny and those jeans yeah, fit him so, so nice. <laughs> you just like him when he looks slightly malnourished and covered in hair. Like the yeah. facial hair I, I, and like the he gray. Got, I, he got the swagger. He's I, I got think, that, like, getting, he's got a, getting gray is the best thing that's ever happened. His clothes aren't on really yeah, I, well. Like, I, he didn't tuck it in. I was going to say, he's got a little bit of Clooney to him where it's like the little bit of more age he's got, old age, he wears it well. Seeing him young, like watching Princess Diaries to a royal engagement and he's like it was just thanks for the full title on that one (laughs) it was was like infuriating because he's supposed to be a romantic interest and it's just like your head is too large (laughs) (laughs) but now i'm just like oh i get it it." he also he also grumbled a lot in the beginning which was weird for me at first but then i was like okay i I get what you're going for like so i can see how that would add to the whole ensemble Oh, yeah. the, the thing the, for me, the glowery, like, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it's mostly just those pants, like the way he wears yeah, pants. He looks way more like a Levi's model than a real cowboy in this yeah. movie. <laughs> I know. But those eyes, I mean, going back to those eyes, it's Ooh. like when, when actors have super clean teeth and they just like bathed in mud yeah. and they yeah. smile and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about Oh Brother or Art, though, is how clean they kept Clooney's teeth yeah. through that oh whole movie. <laughs> But the the thing I was gonna oh, fuck I forgot what I was gonna say there was something important about I had Chris my Pine. little no the, go ahead just for my in my little fantasy uh, I like to think that this movie actually takes <laughs> place in the same world as Winter's Bone because they both take place in Texas they're both have similar tonality just different like color schemes yeah and Dale Dickey's in both of them and I would like to think maybe it's the same character this is what she does she goes to work at a bank after she helps. Uh, Jennifer find her dead dad. Was it Winter's Bone East Texas though? I don't remember. Like, she moved after her dad. I thought Winter's Bone was in the Panhandle. I mean, I guess I don't. Maybe you know. I don't. I don't remember. Texas? That's why. That's why the color scheme. Can is we different. talk about West Texas for a second? Yeah, absolutely. It is I'm a not familiar. Weird, weird, okay, I I'm only familiar with it to the extent that I drove through West Texas to get home from my parents' place in Dallas last year. I made a road trip out of it. And I thought I was going to die there. <laughs> it goes on forever yeah. and ever. And it's so remote. It's like all the remoteness that they like all those like empty little baby roads and stuff that are like one lane and maybe not paved. That's very much the case. And people are weird. Like you stop <laughs> in a gas station and like at the time I had like an undercut and I was wearing my bronze Doc Martens everywhere because it was cold. Mm-hmm. And people would just give me the weirdest like this lady's not from here. She's sitting <laughs> Did you uh, did you encounter a waitress like they do in this movie? No, I didn't. Who's I probably wasn't gonna, the unsung hero of this boob movie is just threatening to burst forth. That's the whole Katie time. Mixon, right from Eastbound. And no, Down. I was talking about the other one, the rattlesnake oh, waitress. The main one? The, what I don't you like, want? I sure, oh. I sure as shit was not going to stop longer than like ten minutes to pee and get gas. Uh, like, if I knew there was a restaurant with that waitress, I'm stopping. That's <laughs> fair. You want a steak from her? She knows how to make it. Yeah, just go to the Wiener Circle in Chicago. It's yeah. the same attitude. <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, West Texas is weird, man. It's like the only exposure I've ever had to Texas. Texas was when Brian and I took the southern route back yeah. to here and we drove through the panhandle, yeah. which is the smallest part of Texas, yeah. but did feel like it took forever just because you feel like you are, there's something special about Texas apparently. <laughs> you feel like you're in a different place you, and well, it's you, not you are. happy. You're in Texas. <laughs> um, I actually kind of want to talk about like the social implications in this movie because I, I feel like we're talking all actors and stuff, which is fine. But there, there's a lot of like to this movie has a lot to say, and mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. I didn't know that the the director wasn't from here, which I think kind of actually makes that even more interesting. But where is the writer from? I'm guessing from here. Yeah, I love the opening scene. Oh yeah, the the graffiti. Yes. Yeah. Three tours in Iraq and yeah. no bailout for people like me. And that is, or is that, huge. That's what it said, yeah, right? for no bailout people for like us, us or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah huge in the south and in the disenfranchised part of america which is who voted for donald trump so yeah very it's timely really, it's really frustrating because they're going to fight these wars for oil yeah and and they're sending like we send poor people overseas let's be honest mm-hmm. like no offense to anyone in the military but it is a great way you know it's it's opportunity for people and yeah. like it is there's just so much discontent but there's also just like such a lack of 
education on what can actually change things yeah and so there's just this anger it's mm-hmm. really sad we always talk about supporting our troops but then when they get back here we don't really no not at all <laughs> no but this movie wasn't really about troops so no, much no it's just but more it's the like mentality the, of yeah. we yeah. say we're going to support the lower class we're say we're going to make it better we're going to make it great again and right. we're not and well, banks, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah, the the banks are all doing fine and yeah. everyone in this movie is and, it, and it, this movie is not shy about other than the two police officers no one is doing fine like right, you have right. the you have katie mixon who's a very small role in this but she's livid about them taking two hundred dollars from her which yeah. i mean two hundred dollars to some people is like Make she her yeah. yeah she'll be fine mortgage. and it's She's half her mortgage that costs her four hundred dollars a month right. and yeah. it's probably breaking her yeah so like, like that's i mean like, to be honest most people could figure out forty thousand dollars to keep their house that's going to make them 50 grand a year after that yeah you know what i mean yeah they don't have to resort to robbing banks which is could no. you uh, I could figure it out. Absolutely. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you could figure it out by borrowing money yeah, from everyone you know. Because people will loan me money and because they know I'm not. And because you're poor. in the position to know people that have that money. But yep. Chris yeah. Pine but probably doesn't. It's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. 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 They're, yep. they're, the connections just aren't there. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's, this is the, they're doing a great snapshot of like a part of America that like largely like in most of our media, we don't talk about. Yeah. Like we just kind of pretend that it's not there and it's not happening, and we talk about all the big glitzy parts. And this is what a lot of people get really angry about. And this movie does a great job showcasing it, and not necessarily in a negative way. Like they don't do it like, "Look at these poor people." It's right. just no. like this is what's happening. And I like that they took that approach to it. It's like they, they well, yeah, not go ahead. Pandering. Was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't pandering, and it wasn't pity. It was yeah. just right. like this is what's happening to people. Which I think was it having a Scottish director really helped that yeah yeah and the uh the writer i believe it doesn't say where he's from but he does look american he also wrote uh sicario right oh that makes so, so much sense i saw west so many texas. yeah he definitely gets west texas <laughs> yeah yeah um can maybe make a leap and that's where like that's there. where the racial tensions and stuff are so fascinating too like yeah um because texas being so close to the border it's very different than like san diego close to the oh, border of course, where yeah, like right. people live in tijuana because the rent's so cheap and go commute into work every day yeah. you know <laughs> it's the the texas border is it's so much more like charged down there and it's, yeah. i mean because juarez is so dangerous like, right yeah it's it's really crazy and you see how that's even different it's even harder for us to understand even though we live close to a, a border a mexican yeah. border like it's it's just so radically different and so strange and you see where people kind of I don't know. They're so they're all kind of like Chris Pine, where there's like this selfishness because there has to be no one else is taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's really what this movie nails is that like there's no safety net for anyone in this movie. What it, options do you have? We're not yeah. seeing like a bunch of bad crap happen to characters. We're watching characters reacting to stuff that's happened to them. Yeah, or yeah. their it, life that they live in. So. Yeah, it, the whole movie is him trying to take charge yeah. of horrible situation after horrible situation, and it's the whole reverse mortgage on his mom's house, and he's yep. like, "How do I handle this?" Yeah, and, and they do. But it, and it's even like and then the end result is still kind of upsetting because they're still like drilling for oil, which is why they're having like earthquakes in Texas that yep. where they're not supposed to get them. And you just see like this weird fucked up cycle. It's like, yeah. And, and he confronts Jeff Bridges at the end. And you're like, yeah, you're right. You guys are going to have to sit with this. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it, it's it's not a happy ending to this movie at all. And like it, it's it's funny when he gets what he wants a hundred percent Iron than losing his brother. He, and I don't even think losing his brother was really a problem. It's sad, but it's kind of like, well, I still got what I, I don't want. have to worry about him anymore. Yeah. yeah. So it's like for a hundred percent success, it's a very sad ending. Yeah. Like, um, Which I think is, you know, telling of the people who live there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the and one the- thing we haven't really mentioned in this movie that I think is very important, uh, cause we're talking about very, very glum movie. It's surprisingly funny. So funny yeah. and yeah. beautiful and beautiful. Yeah. This movie is beautifully shot. Yeah, like there, like the there's for how serious of a topic this is. We were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. For how like very cut and dry drama it is, mm-hmm. has some of the best one liners I've heard in movies in like years. It also is very cheeky with how it sets up the fact that it's a very cliched story. Like yeah. it kind of yeah. it pokes fun at the roles its characters are mm-hmm. playing. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. The guy a week away from retirement mm-hmm. and like yep. the kind of like they kind of poke fun at the tokenism of alberto's character and like they're very cheeky with the brothers and yeah it's like shockingly funny yeah they just have that one character in the diner that's like doesn't seem too smart robbing banks anymore like you can't really get away with that yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i was at the one in the the diner and then there was the guy in the first bank like the the customer 
who yeah. was like, what are y'all doing? Y'all Second robbing thing. this bank? Yeah, are you yeah. are you robbing this bank? Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. You got a gun on you, old timer? Sure as hell I do. Or yeah. damn right I yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing. Like, everybody has a gun on them in Texas. It's so, so true. Well, and that's, that's what was... I, I laughed when they robbed that final bank. And everyone just outside of the bank had their guns drawn. And they were oh. shooting at him. And it was yeah. just like... This is funny. But he comes out with like a bigger gun and the big right. mag. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, shit. It was like literally a dick swinging contest. Oh, yeah. So, that's, that's just like how it feels. Who cares you know? more? Like, yeah. yeah. That's how it feels when you're around gun people, though. They start yeah. talking and it just immediately, it's just like dick swinging. It's like, Jesus. Guns are not a symbol metaphor. for the gun, that's for their like, dicks, okay? <laughs> it's because they're sportsmen and they like to use, the, and they collect guns. <laughs> they're they're the, collector sportsmen. It has nothing to I do feel with like power this and argument dicks. has been no given one, to her before. <laughs> no one will actually say that to yeah. you. If you, no. if you actually know a gun-toting person, they're like, no, I fucking love shooting shit. Makes I mean, my dick hard. No. I mean, yeah, I know no, plenty of gun toting people who have never told me makes my dick hard. My, my, my <laughs> relatives. Zero. Almost zero people. Says says that. You just yeah. don't know them well enough. Trust me. No. Every person I talk to in my life always has an excuse. Like, they're either a yeah, sportsman they have the excuse, or a collector. But, like, like, yeah. but when it comes down to like, it. Like, uh, our mutual friend, the photographer, I won't name on the show, but he says he's a collector. Uh, he just likes whole... Uh, he's definitely a makes my dick hard shooter. Yeah. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's a but funny phrase. It definitely yeah. no one, no one wants to admit that. Makes my dick so hard funny. shooter. <laughs> <laughs> shooter, I hardly know her. Uh, um, but to what you were saying yes. about that, that how the levity in the dark moments, that final chase, that bank robbery and chase in the shootout, that's surprisingly funny for how, if you, I mean, on paper, it's really dark. Yeah, very dark. He just shot a guy in the head. Like they, yeah. like, I didn't there really was... laugh during the sequence. <laughs> uh, I don't. I laughed. Like I didn't I laugh. Laughed laugh. afterward when they were. It was just like gun parade. But like, yeah. <laughs> you, you have Ben Foster come out there with the machine gun, and he just goes to town, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Like it's so, it's so punctuated by a dark humor. If that, you were like, to put on like crazy banjo music, it'd be funny. Like, yeah, like, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's definitely humor there. For me, in that moment, I'm just like, this is. But when I'm watching it, I guess I could maybe see it from your guys' perspective, but. For me, it's like this is Ben Foster's uh, military training coming out in full force. Right. Oh, yeah. And this is like the second that scene starts, he's like, well, this, I'm going to die. This yep. is my job. This yep. is how this is what it should have been for me. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's 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 a great scene. But I it, love. But yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't think I laughed during it. But no, if no, you were to change the music track. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. it's suddenly it's that scene from when, Simpsons where like Homer it, and his dad. I'm sorry. Are the when they music. rallied the trucks, though, and created their own blockade and he just walks out with like that big like. I think oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The reversible clip. It was just like that was hilarious. But the reversible clip. Is that real? Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, he just did it with duct tape. Yeah. But he was planning oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you just flip I, it. Yeah. I didn't know that he was planning it until we saw it because you see him in the house putting that together and duct taping he the knew clips it was together. Hell, right? and so, yeah. But le- how smart he obviously was and how yeah. he didn't get the opportunities in life to use that. That's a tale as old as time. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say about the clip, John? Uh, just it's. At that point, it's over. The, like that moment is over the top, but the right way, you know. It oh. really is. Yeah, that, it, it's a giant it, exclamation point on it. And for me, like that, there's a there's a dark kind of humor in that whole. That well, whole I agree scene. with Sam. It's funny watching him walk out with the huge fucking gun. But you've also like, seen like fuck the, off, fuck yeah, off, fuck off. You've seen scenes like that in like Scarface, where it's like that final showdown. He brings the biggest gun. Yeah. And it's this huge showdown, and then it just ends badly. You know, you know where this but is going to go. But he's carrying at the same time and yeah. in his weird little way. Because he's not shooting any of those people. He could have easily have actually aimed his gun. Oh, and he's well, just that's using what, it when just, he gets on the hill, he starts killing people. Get going. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go away. He's and he's, killing, he's p- yeah. killing police officers. He's not killing yeah. the locals except for that one. He kills one local. The other guy's a security guard. So you could kind of say that he's still authority that he wants to kill. Right. He didn't shoot anyone that didn't shoot at him first. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah it was and really, the so only bizarre. reason he was shooting and killing people at the end was to buy Chris Pine more time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which when I the first time I saw it, I walked out of it going, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this, but I, I had that moment of like, I don't think he had to die. I feel like they were far enough away where they both could have escaped. But then I, uh, the the second viewing is more like, no, that's just me thinking in movie yeah. terms. When like, you it, see the police officer zipping by Chris Pine to go get his brother, you know that yeah, he like, had they, to they had They had maybe a minute. Yeah. And like, if there was no one to chase, yeah. they would have found him. I was yeah. actually kind of impressed with like how... I wish this that um, like accurate guns and gun range and like the yeah. way that they work was shown in movies because then I think people do see how dangerous they are. Yeah, and how it's not just like a cool thing to do. And this movie is as funny as it was when he busted out like the jury rig mag and everything. Yeah, it's also like 
how guns work and when he's yeah. on the hill and when Jeff Bridges shoots him and the way people die and then it's gross and not like these elegant little holes. Yeah. It, like mm-hmm. the fact that they f- they had the man's hat like filled with brains. Oh yeah, that was really yeah. good. It's, was... it's like, I, I wish I wish more movies would show that as gross as it is because I think it makes people less apt to be like, this is a fun thing to do. Yeah, this movie does not glamorize guns. Mm-hmm. So no. even with that big scary fucking gun that Ben Foster fires, it's yeah. a horrifying weapon. Yeah. Like, they definitely make it look terrifying. You see him get kicked back. You yeah. see them have to bolster themselves on hillsides. No one's just, like, going and shooting these things, like, yeah. willy-nilly, one-handed. Yeah, like, if Ben Foster had walked out of the gun with two silver handguns and just started, like, picking them off, it would have been a very different movie. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. It kind of, it's like, it, I wish more movies did that, because I think it's, like, more socially responsible. Kind of what they did with smoking, where, like, it sure. stopped being a cool thing to do and started being something that, like, gross spies and people that were going to yeah. die do. Yeah. <laughs> But w- yeah. I, w- I wanted to bring this up because I noticed that there's this is just following a trend of action sequences. Like right now, I would say in the last five or six years, it's been really big to not build up a character death. You know, like when his partner gets shot, it's just uh, they're firing at each other. Boom. You barely see him get shot through the head and you only go on sound effects and Jeff Bridges reactions to know. You know, normally there's like some big setup and editing to lead the, to a the character's 90s death. crescendo yeah, yeah. The, and we're moving away from that and you like this better because i'm kind of feeling like maybe it's just a product of the time when i it makes it less romantic grew for up, me. But it makes I, it more real i like it being i kind of miss romance i want indiana jones I, you think know? In, I think in this movie it would have been out of place yeah i think it's a case-by-case sure. case situation i agree with sam movie this was one trying so hard to be grounded which yeah. i think yeah. is why the humor is important too. yeah absolutely because like i think the uh yeah, if there had been a big crescendo of his partner dying, right. I think the effectiveness would have been completely gone. Like it was that really just kind of like, oh shit, this just happened. I see, and and that makes sense. But I feel like this way of doing it is getting so done that it's losing effectiveness on me now. Hmm. I could see that, but I I think this one this is a not necessarily rare instance, but it's an instance where it really worked. I think it was necessary yeah. and it worked. And it feels honest to the movie, like you guys were saying. Like, yeah. yeah. In the moment, it's just like this is just what happens. And I would have been I would have been frustrated and probably wouldn't have been able to tell why if no, if they hadn't died if one of them hadn't died mm-hmm. and the fact that it was a reversal of that mm-hmm. i don't know like there was enough build up to that that but was it, for sure it, it felt earned s- yeah. it also sets up a kind of grounded reality where you think jeff bridges could miss the shot at the end right and ben foster yeah. will make it mm-hmm. um and it makes it kind of even funnier when he's like king of the plains and then he makes the shot yeah. <laughs> like, oh. so i love i just <laughs> love the part with jeff bridges about to shoot him just like taking his moment like he's about to dive into water essentially just breathing right just trying to cool his body down collective and you go i got you you son of a bitch or something like that did you um happen to notice in that shot the final shot where you see him dead with on his gun that there was a rattlesnake yeah yeah Yeah. you can hear it yeah yeah i thought that was so great like a great image just him there with the gun Facing off against the police, That's, but there was that rattlesnake. Like, is it was, that a symbol for uh, the Comanche? Like, I feel like that might have been a Native know. American symbol of some sort, because he talks about how he's a Comanche even right before he dies. Maybe, but it also reminded me of, of the whole scenario, the theme of the scenario, just kind of tying into this one picture. Like, right. this is the movie in one picture yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I, it, it worked. I really like. It's a good final stamp on that character for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, but it kind of plays into like the last thing I want to talk about here, uh, which is just the general look of the movie. Like this, the production design to the camera work to everything. Like this, Beautiful. for me, this is one of the best shot films of the year. Like it is gorgeous. just gorgeous yeah. in every way, shape, and form. But uh, I'll, I'll ask Chewy if she wants to talk about the production design at all. The production design, yeah, it's fantastic. Like I really yeah. just the use of billboards when they're rock driving down the street. Like the depth collectors, and um, I should have written them down. Just each billboard they go through, I've like I've seen that. I've seen that in Northern California when they have these other signs that are talking about the drought and how Congress is creating this stuff, right? And how it's just like all like they're not happy, but there's not like there's an Applebee's five miles away. No, it's all about how everyone's downtrodden and all the billboards are directed at their problems, mm-hmm. and just the design of having the graffiti on the wall at the beginning. Which I love that long shot, by the way. The, it, when you were talking about on previous podcasts about unnecessary long shots without edits, I thought the beginning of this movie was fantastic. I know that's cinematography, not production design. But. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm basically just talking about the look in the movie. That's why I asked for production design. But yeah, uh, the, but the camera had to look it at something. Yeah. It. <laughs> the color palette. They there's only a couple times that they did the the orange and blue, which was normally on like it was on the inside. Uh, 
when they're trying to go to bed in the hotel. And the other times it's all orange. And then I kind of wish they hadn't have uh, CG'd the sky a couple times, which they definitely did. I mean, I get that. I mean, you can't always get the sky you want. No. So uh, that's what sky But they did for. such a great job with just the trinkets, even in windows, that made sense. It'd be like a lot of, th- like, a lot of things felt thrifted. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. kind of looks yeah. like our apartment sometimes. <laughs> uh, the The lack of intimacy in uh jeff bridge's house when you see him at the end where there's really not much in there it's just all the necessities and then you have some trinkets in the corner of these oriental things that his wife probably bought and he doesn't care uh and they actually have a picture of him and his wife in the background behind the television that's slightly like definitely where you should see it and it just implies of how alone he is now and yeah it's 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 so held back specific that it's phenomenal it's it's funny like i'm looking up the director because i I, you know i'm shitty at my job sometimes and i forgot to look him up but it's david mckenzie from scotland Mm -hmm. um and it's funny if you look at his career because he does a lot of these like very very layered movies but i don't think any of them have worked as well as this one what else has he done the only one that i've seen on his list here is perfect sense which i was not a huge fan of but it was uh it was solid it was ian mcgregor right ian mcgregor and eva green i didn't see perfect sense yes you did we watched it together i Uh, forgot Yep. Oh, oh, I f- yes. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, yes. Oh, my God. He's so good at conveying troubled relationships. Yes, he is. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's a very solid director, and he doesn't have anything coming up. He's got a, uh, he's working on a TV series and a TV movie, so. Uh, do more. Yeah, he's a solid guy. I like him. Uh, was there anything else we didn't talk about around the table? Actually, while we're talking about the look of the film, there was one moment that took me out of it where it was like, this is oh. trying too hard to be West Texas-y. Okay. And it's, it's a nitpick, but it's when there was the damned horse at the gas station. And I know that's something you would see, but it was yeah. almost like, you know how when you see a period film, they're right. like, everyone's in bell bottoms. It's, it's the followed, 70s. Like, it's yeah. followed by one of my most favorite scenes in this movie. Oh my God, that was amazing. When, he, when Chris Pine gets mad. shit, yeah. that's so such a like, good scene. I, and he, it's I one like of the when, few moments for his character where he gets to be that. Yeah, I like when people come off from off screen and like hit somebody or like there's like yeah. a, there's like violence that happens suddenly and they come from off off screen and he did it in such a spectacular way like I love it when like Monty Python does it or yeah. like those types of things gags I love. And I was not expecting that in this movie. I wasn't expecting him to go and, just and punch the shit out of that guy. And <laughs> for me to go, you know, movie nerd on it again, it's again proving you don't fuck with his family. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's, uh, that's yep. him through and through. Yeah. The whole movie is you do not fuck with Chris Pine's family. Yeah. And then the yeah. guy, the guy in the passenger seat, I, 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 I think he, he had it coming. He had, he had, had it coming. coming. He had it coming. <laughs> 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 it was such a great moment. Oh, yeah. that friend totally got screamed at once that guy kind of came to. Like, dude, you didn't stand up for me at all. All you said was, I had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wasn't talking. Yeah. yeah. He got hit hard. The sound of this movie is yeah. also super well used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I love the juxtaposition from them just sitting on their ranch, looking out into the nothingness and how quiet and intimate it is between them. Mm-hmm. And then when they get in the casino, mm-hmm. how loud and overbearing and how out of place they are, how they just don't feel like they belong. Oh, yeah. And it's really, they use ambient sound really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I just like the soundtrack. It's good country. Yeah. It really is. Well, it's that's because it's Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Really? <laughs> it doesn't it's get not, any better. It's not flashy. <laughs> I call it Shania Twain country where it's just really trying to be fun and country. I'm like, no, they're right. like real, like like how the blues isn't jazz. It's the blues. Like right. this is real like country, like when you want downtrodden. Country, you call a couple of like British Australians. Or yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's, it's all about attitude. And yeah. how smart were these? Like these guys, these criminals were smart. Yeah. I don't know. Like throughout this movie, no one was make, making stupid decisions. Like going to the, oh, the, yeah. the casino. To, the only one who did was Ben bills. Foster. Ben Foster yeah. made one stupid decision when he robbed the other bank. Yeah. Right. But like just going to the casino, like I, as a viewer and watching heist movies, you never think of that. Like they don't, they, no one thinks about that when they're writing. Like here's yeah. the smart thing to do. Oh, and then they're uh, they're, they're they're not going into the back of the the, the vaults of the banks where the money's yeah. marked. They're just taking the the, yeah. the till. Like well, compare they this can't to be the towns. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the uh, one actor that I'll shout out for really quick, uh, I don't remember his name, so it's a very shitty shout out. But the uh, huh. the lawyer friend. It's the first time I've seen him play mm. not a. Guzz bucket piece he, of shit. Oh my gosh, I do. He I plays love him such too. a good scuzz bucket. Really yeah, he I does like it really well, but it's nice seeing him not be like, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> he just kind of played a nice guy. It was really kind of refreshing. 
And he had a really good line of the, what? What's there to tell you guys? Kevin you Rankin. You boys won that uh, gambling, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Kev- Kevin Rankin. Kevin Rankin. He's great. He was also in Breaking Bad. I know. Yeah. He played a scuzz bucket piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's really yeah. good at it. He's he's a phenomenal actor who does not get a lot of like cred. and he sh- Well, he does because he keeps getting jobs. You see him everywhere. He's but. just one of those people like, you look like an angry white dude, no matter, even if you're smiling. Yeah. But he's fantastic, and I, I like seeing him pop up in things. Yeah. Whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, it's that guy again. All right. Uh, all right, then I guess it's time for quotes, 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 quotes. Can I go first? You can. Okay. You may. My favorite part of the movie. Thanks for correcting me, Jones. <laughs> when he goes, this is Mr. Pibb. I asked for a Dr. Pepper. Oh. So <laughs> only assholes drink Mr. Pibb. So drink up. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my quote is half that quote, oh. but I like the beginning of it where he goes, you trying to make me mad? As for Dr. Pepper, <laughs> <laughs> as a as a Dr. Pepper fanatic, yeah, I can. I, that sentiment is very much my gospel. That's a much bigger fight than Coke and Pepsi to me. <laughs> yes. Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pib, not even on the oh, same. Not even plane. the same. Yeah. Excuse me, it's Pib Extra now. <laughs> Yeah. Is it a extra bullshit? I don't know. It's extra yeah. bullshit yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I thought it was like a early 2000s thing. I thought it went back to Mr. Pib. Maybe it did, but Pib Extra was their attempt to make it taste more like Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah, I think. I thought it was just our way to be cool. Oh, my God. Billy Joel was really on it with those cola wars. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'll go with mine. Uh, mine is just because I like the way that uh, Jeff Bridges says it because it just cracks me up. <laughs> well, no, it's, you, can totally, you can totally understand what he says this time. It's oh. at the very beginning, and they're talking to the, the bank manager, and he looks at him and goes, hmm, they bopped you in the old snozzola, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is so written, but thank you. <laughs> it's just such a good sentence. I bopped you in the snozzola. <laughs> I'm going to do a requote really fast of yep. just like the very beginning when we we're meeting their characters and we don't even get to see their faces yet. But uh, before that, when uh, Dale calls him stupid and then he gets back at her and he just looks at me like, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or now who's stupid like it's just, yeah you get those great character moments right there at the beginning yeah. where you don't even know who they are yeah, movie hits the ground running that's for <laughs> sure uh ryan you got one yeah this is uh this one kind of puts a good punctuation on uh marcus and alberto's relationship that's uh jeff bridges and his partner respectively mm-hmm. um uh jeff bridges kind of figured out the where the boys are going to hit the bank last and they turn around and they're on their way to to the post bank and uh it comes over the radio that sure enough that bank had been robbed and and jeff bridges goes sometimes this is what we call a white man's intuition and his partner goes well sometimes a blind pig finds a truffle (laughs) 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 like that yeah that sums up their relationship right there that's a good one uh all right is that everybody john did you go i didn't go yet okay uh mine's at the casino with uh ben foster's character who when he's at the uh, poker game Mm -hmm. and he faces off against uh who they, they call Bear, I guess, in the credits. Sure. Um, and the guy is like, I'm a Comanche. Do you know what it means? It means enemy to everyone. And then Foster says, do you know what that makes me? A Comanche. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it was like this punctuation, like, oh, he's a, like he's going to die at the end of this movie. It's a real yeah. serious moment. Like, yeah, it, it is. is. He's got no wisecracks in that moment. Nope. It's, it's, it was a great it's delivery. A, it's a solid delivery and a very good character moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Watching this movie and then thinking about him in Warcraft, it's so weird. Oh yeah, big yeah. difference. <laughs> Very big. He's a, they, he's both a of good them, actor. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this movie acted. Warcraft really, well. really yeah. needed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah totally. But like, yeah, you look at his other like fucking Angel in X Men Three. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> we can go from that to this, and same with Chris Pine. Oh, Captain yeah. Kirk and this character could not be any more different. Um, all right, review system might be tough for some of you around the table, and I apologize in advance, but you should have seen it coming. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Westerns. <laughs> I got one. Go for it. 310 to Yuma, because there's more robberies, and it's the only Western I like. <laughs> but the now I'm going to say, it, and Ben Foster's in it? And Ben Foster's in it. <laughs> also, I just, I love when Russell Crowe literally bellies up to the bar, because it's like peak fat Russell Crowe, and it kind of reminds me how this is like peak mumbly Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that movie, though. You were talking about the remake, not the original. Yes. Part, yes. As you said, I Russell Crowe. I'm out of my mind. And Ben yeah. Foster. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm just insane. Uh, Ryan, you got one? Yeah, I'm going to go with Hateful Eight, because okay. they're both racist. <laughs> <laughs> or full of racist characters. Yeah, anyway. so they're racist, not racist. And commentary yeah. on American lower and middle class. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And there was a scene I was thinking of earlier that was similar. Oh, we were talking about the family 
the brotherhood and how uh, Hateful Eight summed up that sister and brother relationship in one line. Mm-hmm. Hey there, dummy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Old school. Uh, well, yeah, I went for a legit Western. And it is uh, it, the main reason I'm going for it is because it's just, I mean, they're not brothers in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, but they're just two men who are basically just traveling on Robin Banks. And for them, it's just to better their lives, not for anything specific. But it's still kind of like, you can see parallels between the two movies, and I think. And the glorious standoff at the end. Yeah. I don't have enough Westerns in my repertoire. Fifle goes west. <laughs> Shit, that's what she's going to say, isn't it? No, that it? is in my repertoire. That's not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> far and away. <laughs> I do enjoy Star that Wars. all about getting screwed by um, the banks. <laughs> Star Wars is kind of a Western, but... um. I'm gonna go with uh, the the change of like genres essentially because this it's a modern western Just that doesn't look like a western. The build up is the, killing the me. movie we're talking about right now, and this other one is so very good. much a western. Don't you say Blazing Saddles to me? You're gonna say Blazing Saddles, aren't you? <laughs> Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good one though. Talk about a movie that it is a movie. It. <laughs> It's skewing the Western genre mm-hmm. while dealing with everything in Western genres. It's the downtrodden, the racism, the big epic scopes of the West, and fighting the good fight, even though no one really wants you to f- fight with them or d- even wants you to be around, which you kind of get the feeling in Hell, Hell or Her Wider as well. And the good guys win at the end. Yep. Uh, and whether thanks or not to Chewy, really we have a new to... outro song for this episode. Just so you all know what's coming up. <laughs> definitely Blazing Saddles really. But it's like, because Blazing Saddles just made fun of a lot of things in Westerns yeah. while yes. still having a lot of love for it. Yeah. And this movie, I don't think, was setting out to be a Western, and it just turned out to be one. And I, I still disagree on that. I think this. I think the writer, knowing now that he's done Sicario... Maybe the writer did, yeah, but the director think... just wanted to make a good movie. And, and he they did. just... And then he touched on all of the classic tropes and did it. And I like Blazing Saddles. Like sometimes you don't think that's really going to turn out to be high art or whatnot. I, mean, I don't know. This is all high art, but just I wouldn't to be consider as good Blazing as, Saddles high art. But you know, whatever. Just to be something <laughs> really good that's going to stand the test of time. Okay, it does do that. Yeah, and I think that. this movie will. Like a I, lot of, more than these other westerns wait, that set the, out to be the classic western and failed, no. while this one succeeded. Did the director really not set out to make a western? I because think he did. But in the article I read, that he ro- said, "I'm sorry, it's bank robbers and cops, and also there's a running motif of a cowboy hat." I'm yeah. ju- again, I'm just going by the article on uh, IrishTimes.com. Wow! <laughs> After the hype, brought to you by IrishTimes.com. We Thank you to Irish Times. We can't trust the Irish. Let's be real. Uh, what was the quote? No longer sponsored um. by the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Sam just lost her sponsor. <laughs> Sorry. It's cool. They didn't know they were sponsoring us anyways. <laughs> I just saved you guys some money. <laughs> we have to, we have to like, send them a legal form now yeah. to cover the, our bases. Thank you for choosing to sponsor us. Uh, I'm not no, seeing the you. quote really fast, so okay. never mind. But I know there's starkly different movies. They are. But like I said, pretty much it's the whole standing the test of time where that you works. make something that you don't think is going to be the classic, and then it is. Okay. John? I'm going to go with The uh, the Searchers. Solid mm. choice. And it's just some beautiful, beautiful filmmaking in terms of its you know camera work and everything like that. Deals with the, the racist issues in their own way. And I mean, I feel like what? Jeff Bridges' character, he he's always going to be that way like he's not going to change in his ways yeah he thinks it's joking he's unaware of that what he's doing is like what he, he's unaware that he's a racist yeah and he just continues his life kind of like you know john wayne's character it's a and, solid movie, man. and it's just so well made movie. and the filmmaking here is really solid I, yeah. it, it's a, a close um comparison i feel yeah that works uh okay so that will bring today's episode to a close uh, we can do a final round of plugs really quick. Uh, Sam, you still have Fear the Chick Flick online, so people can look that up, correct? Yes, it's at uh, filmtakeout.com. Filmtakeout.com. Just wet your palate. Yeah. Get the taste for what she offers it's until she comes back to give you more. <clears throat> that makes it sound like I'm doing something filthy. It's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's about chick flicks. Uh, Which, chick flicks can be filthy. Filthy chick flicks? Sure, there's a whole article about Magic Mike that's really awesome. <laughs> Not the kind of filthy I was hoping for, but all right. It's my it's kind of filthy. It's the filthy we yeah. hope for. Um, and well, then America's guess- not for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. They made that clear this week. Um, <laughs> oh, they really did. Yeah. Aww. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SamyJane613. Cool. I post a lot of pictures of adoptable dogs. <laughs> nice. Every time you post, I'm like, did she get a dog? <laughs> Because you always look like you're so ready to adopt whatever dog oh you're God. standing I, next to. Like, you know how some women have a biological <laughs> clock? Like, yeah. I have, like, a pupological <laughs> clock, and it is, like, <laughs> I Alarms need one now. Wow, you need yeah. to trademark that phrase. Absolutely. <laughs> Can we, use, just, can, can we use it for a shirt? That should be an adoption yeah. website. Have you hit your peak popological clock? <laughs> Adopt this clock. Oh, I have. Uh, all right. You can find us uh, ATHpod.com. You can find us uh, Twitter, everywhere else, uh, ATHpodcast uh, or ATH underscore podcast. Uh, and Facebook, iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, Ryan's a cheer- Ryan's a cheerleader. Well, Ryan's uh, oh, email us yeah. at com. I'm trying to understand what Ryan hang yourself and what Chewy just said. <laughs> don't listen oh, no. to Chewy. <laughs> That's not where we were going. Although I don't know how else uh, to interpret the motion she made. Yeah, That's I don't know what else one. that meant. I mean, I was just doing what I for know those of you mime. listening. If you hear <laughs> hang yourself, how would you pantomime it? That's what Chewy did. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much for everyone uh, for listening thank you for coming on Sam thank you for having me and a big old goodbye goodbye throw out your hands take out your tush hands on your hips give them a push